0: You, Jesus. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you tonight. Amen. I'm glad you're here. Hope you're glad you're here. Amen. Why don't we uh, lift our voice to the Lord together right there where we are? I don't care if you sit or stand, but could we together lift our voice to the Lord Jesus? We love you. We praise you. We call upon your name in unity. We need you. We can do nothing of ourselves without you. I thank you for the privilege to call on the name that is above every name. I thank you for the revelation of the name of Jesus Christ. We praise you tonight. We take this gathering under the authority of your word and your name, Jesus. Ah, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. You are holy. You are righteous. You are just. Jesus, I love you, and I worship you this evening. We praise you for your word that cannot fail We thank you, dear God, for your Word that is forever settled. I pray the ministry of your Spirit to every life that would gather here this evening, those that would tune in online, the ministry of your Spirit and your Word according to your desire. In the name of Jesus, I pray, an anointing upon our ears to hear, an anointing upon our mind tonight an anointing upon our spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. We worship you, Lord God Almighty. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of praise. Thank you for your perfect love toward us, your perfect love for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah i pray let the thoughts of our mind be brought in captivity and let our spirit be open to what you would say and do here this evening I pray a pure flow uninhibited. I take authority over anything that would seek to inhibit the flow of your spirit. I pray it be removed from the way that there be a clarity and a flow in Jesus' name. Divine understanding, revelation, and impartation according to your will in Jesus' name. I worship you, God. I worship you. You are our strength. You are our hope. You are our healer. And I worship you. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name, would you go just a little further with me here? Hallelujah, Jesus, we worship you. Mm. Hallelujah, Jesus, we worship you. I pray the opening of understanding, the receiving of that which you would speak. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. In spirit and in truth, we worship you. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name the name of Jesus the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah ila kotoroboshi arabate yobokoyi arabashi ila bate yororobokoyi arabashi tatalabaka i love you and i worship you it is your spirit that ministers it is your spirit that ministers you know the frame of each one you know the need of each one we minister to you lord we worship you lord Hira la mande ye ki ala masata mahai. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why don't you take a minute? Get up from where you are, greet somebody tonight. That would be good. Stretch your legs just a bit longer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Got you. Got you. Got you. Very good. you doing okay? Yes. I knew about about him. Yeah, him and I talked about him and his role. But I haven't talked to him otherwise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to see you tonight. I'm glad to be here. What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Praise God. Uh, When I've had a long day, and uh, I've had one of those today. When I've had a long day, I mean this with all my heart. This is where I'd rather be than anywhere else. There's something about coming into his presence with the people of God. Just ministers to my spirit. I draw strength from you. This is the way the body is intended to function. We draw strength from one another. The adversary, when we've had long days, tries to get us to withdraw to ourself. This is a tool of the adversary withdrawing to yourself, getting you alone And so, we draw strength from one another, and uh, I'm just so thankful to be here with you. I mean that with my whole heart. Um, remember our young people that are, I don't know where they are. I mean, I know where they are, but I, I don't, specifically, I don't know the name of the place. I get myself in trouble. I saw some parents like, what? No. No. Um, we have young people at camp, and I believe in the Holy Ghost to do great things with them and in them there. I have some fond memories of camp when I was a young teen, and uh, I thank God for those things. And uh, I'm glad that we have young people there. Amen? So remember them in prayer. Hold them up. I... Uh, I'd like us to go in the Word of God tonight to the Book of Acts. It's an interesting thing identity. Um, the Bible says that except a grain of wheat or corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, that it abides alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth fruit. And uh, you've heard us talk briefly before about the making of bread and how bread starts with grains of wheat. Um, But once you get a loaf of bread, the individual grains of wheat are no longer identifiable because they have been taken, they have been threshed, they have been sifted, they have been winnowed, they have been ground, right? They have then been mixed with oil, then they have been put in the fire and then it comes out as bread. And so, the individual identity of the grain of wheat is lost through the process you with me we Jesus Jesus took bread right on what we often call the is often called the last supper i don't know why it's called that i guess because it's the last time he's recorded of eating with them I guess that's why, right? Well, I don't call it the last Passover, but anyway. Um, the last supper, He he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body. And so we know as the church, we are the body of Jesus Christ. And we are made up of individual parts and there is a process that is necessary in us being knit together to become bread. It requires the losing of our identity. Um, Now, I don't think the Lord wants us to all be robotic, obviously, or cookie cutters any more than He wants my hand to look like my neck. Okay, these are different parts But in the loss of identity, what happens is my hand doesn't have its own identity. It's identified by the fact that it is part of my body as a whole. Does that make sense? Identity is an interesting thing. I have watched individuals in my lifetime come into the body of Christ um, with a certain identity that they brought with them. It was an identity uh, that they had before Christ. And I watched as they repented of their sins, were filled with the Spirit, were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and their identity began to change. And it was a work of the Spirit of God. I've also watched where those have come and repented and been baptized in His name, been filled with His Spirit, but they struggled to release their old identity because Their identity defined them. Um, Some of you have heard Brother John Stone talk about the fact that he was all he'd ever known his whole life before he came to the Lord was the rodeo. And that was his identity. And so while he would not tell you as a general rule, that there's anything wrong with the rodeo or going to the rodeo or even participating in the rodeo, for him, he had to sever that. Because his identity before Christ was so wrapped up in that, that to go back and continue to participate and fellowship with that group, it took him back to his old identity. Does that, is that, Am I making sense? Bear with me, we're going somewhere tonight. And so, the Lord is so desiring to manifest himself to the world in this hour. I want to say that again. The Lord Jesus is so desiring to manifest himself to the world. In this hour. He wants. To reveal himself. To the world. He wants to reveal himself. To the hurting. The broken. The lost. Those that are crying out. Jesus wants to reveal himself. To them. He wants to make himself known. He wants to fulfill his reason for coming, which was to seek and to save that which was lost. In order to do so, he's going to do it the same way he did before. He's going to do it through his body. Jesus revealed himself in Scripture through his body. And we are the body. And so, for him to reveal himself in the fullness and the manner that he desires, we must be willing to lose our identity. But we must understand in the losing of our individual identity, we take on the identity of Christ. We identify as the body of Christ together. Okay? And the Holy Ghost is dealing with me about how we see ourselves And one of the reasons people struggle to let go of their old identity is because they don't have a clear view of how God views them once they've been washed in his blood and filled with his spirit. Once we get a revelation of how he sees us, we have no interest in our old identity. All right. Holding on to our old identity is pride. Pride. And so once we get a view of how he sees us when we've been washed in his blood and filled with his spirit, we then walk in humility. And we are privileged to be identified the way he identifies us as his body. All right. This is important for the working of the spirit of God through our lives. Okay. Okay. I want us to go in Scripture to Acts chapter 20. I said 25 probably, but I meant 26. Acts chapter 26. I have read this passage of Scripture. I would say hundreds of times. And the Lord began dealing with me this morning when I was reading it early today. And it just hasn't left me. Um, Let me give you settings so we don't have to read 32 verses, okay? Everybody said amen. So here's the setting. We have the Apostle Paul who is captive. He is captive because the Jews found him teaching in the synagogue, and they found, took issue with what he said, and so they turned him in as a prisoner, and then he, where he was captive, they realized some people were going to try to kill him, and so they sent him on down the road, the The Roman governor, whatever he was, sent him on down the way, um, and Felix, Felix sent him on down the way, And uh, to Festus and Festus has him. And while he's there and the accusers are there and this is going on. And Festus, who is now the Roman one in charge. Says, would you go back with me to the synagogue or to the the council in Jerusalem and be seen of your accusers? And Paul says, you know, in no short words, that's a setup. And, you know, that's a setup. No, I've not done anything wrong. I'm appealing to Caesar. And Festus says. Okay, well, so here he is. He holds him there until he can get him sent off to Caesar. And while he's there under Festus lockdown, for, I can't remember. sorry, not a good choice of words right now. Um, he, that was unintentional. Uh, while he's there, um, King Agrippa comes through. And King Agrippa passes by, and it would seem that King Agrippa was in authority over Festus. And so Festus, desiring to sort of gain some favor and goodwill with Agrippa, says, I've got this guy Paul here, and he's appealed to Caesar, and this is his deal. It's an issue about really the Jewish laws and customs and religion and all this stuff, and and I, I can't find anything really, but he's appealed to Caesar, and so to Caesar he'll go. And and Agrippa says, You know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear his story. This is interesting to me. I'd like to hear about it. So Festus is like, okay, tomorrow you'll hear about it. And so we are now, tomorrow, if you will, and Agrippa and Bernice, his wife, King Agrippa and Bernice, and Festus are there and different ones of the council, and they bring Paul out. He's in chains. He's a prisoner. They bring him out to hear his story. You with me? That's the setting. That's where we are. And so we're going to read here. Paul is declaring his story. And he tells them, I'm not reading all these verses, but he tells them, you can ask, I lived a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I'm being judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers of a coming Messiah. I believe he's come, and that's why I'm being judged. He came, he died, he rose again. This resurrection, I'm being called into question because I'm saying he resurrected. And these that are accusing me don't want to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He's telling them all that. He's speaking of Christ. Then he says, let's, let's pick up at verse number 9. He's telling them his story. So you got this picture. He's standing there telling them the story, his testimony. Verse 9, I verily or I truly thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison. See, he thought it was good to do things contrary to, to the name of Jesus Christ. He's telling them where he was. And so he did. He thought he was doing the work of God. And I shut many of the saints in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. Verse 11 Some people say Paul killed people. Uh, I can't find that in Scripture. Um, And most likely he would not have based on being a Pharisee and a strict follower of the law. That's why it says when we look back in Acts 8 that when Stephen was stoned, Saul, Saul stood and held the jackets and was consenting unto his death. The Bible doesn't say he cast stones. And then here... He says they were put to death. He says, I gave my voice against them. This distinction, right? Verse 11, and I punished them oft in every synagogue, and I compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I want you to watch this next verse or next sentence. This is what Paul says I persecuted them even unto strange cities. What he's saying is, I went into cities that were outliers. I went, he's not saying like those cities are really strange. He's saying, I went into places that aren't necessarily known cities, finding these saints, and I persecuted them. He's telling Agrippa the story of what he's done. You got that? Everybody say, I persecuted them. All right. Verse 12. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven that was above the brightness of the sun. So it's the middle of the day. The sun's right over the top. There was a light from heaven above, brighter than the sun. It shined round. Those which journey with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou? What's that say? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Verse 15. I said, who are you, Lord? And he said. Look at this line. I am Jesus. Whom you. Persecute. Some of you are getting it already. Paul said, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. I persecuted saints even unto strange cities. When Jesus smote him on the road, he didn't say, Why are you persecuting my saints? Holy Ghost is wanting to give us some revelation here in identity. Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, "Uh, who who are you, Lord? And he reiterates, I am Jesus whom you persecute. Paul says. Saul, whichever name you want to use there. You're persecuting me. When you're persecuting my body, you may identify them as a saint. Saul, it's me. You're persecuting me. You're not persecuting a saint. You're persecuting me. We need a revelation of how God sees us once he fills us with his spirit. He did not see Saul's actions as actions against somebody that loved him and lived for him. He saw Saul's actions as an action against Jesus Christ himself. We are the body of Christ. And members in particular. Now, I want to say it a hundred ways. I'm not going to do that. It's got to be revelation that comes. It's simple, I know. But will you need a revelation of identity. Jesus wants to manifest himself in this hour. He is present in the earth. In this hour. He lives in us. The body. We just have to die to our identity. So that his identity can be made known to the world. Matthew 25, we've heard this verse before. Hey, there's that receipt I was looking for. Matthew chapter 25, and verse 40. Jesus is speaking, watch, and the king, capital K, the king shall answer and say to them, truly I say to you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Skip down to verse 45. Then shall he answer them saying, verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, my brethren is implied, you did it not to me. What is Jesus saying? The word my brethren there is very important. He wasn't saying just anybody and everybody. Everybody. Jesus, in this parable, was speaking of how you treat the body. How you treat other parts of the body, my brethren. And he said, how you treat them or how you don't treat them, it's as if you've done it to the least of them, you've done it to me. If you've not done it to the least of them, you've not done it to me. He doesn't see saints as these individual pieces all over the place. When he looks at you filled with his spirit, he says, You're my representation in the earth. When I see you, I see the body of Jesus Christ. We need a revelation of our identity. When we get a revelation of who we are... We stop holding on to who we wanted to be and we let Him be who He is through us and the world is ministered to through our lives. This is the plan of God in the earth. But there's got to be a dying to my identity so His can be made manifest. We need revelation. Of who we are. If we see, our, you know, we, we say that we make that statement. If we see ourselves the way he sees us. But even when we say that, we always still put it in this context of how he loves me and how in spite of all that. No, no, no. He sees us as his body. The Scripture says, Beloved, now, everybody say now. Now. When is that? Okay, good. We're on the same page. Beloved, now are we or ye, I can't remember which word it is there, the sons of God. It's in the book. It doesn't say, Beloved, someday down the road once the rapture takes place. No, 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 no. Beloved, now are you the sons of God. Speaking of those that have been filled with the Spirit. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. Okay? Now, you understand, I'm not making us individual Jesuses. You with me? But once we lose our identity and we let him place us in the body as it pleases him... We become the conduit, the body of Christ in the earth through which he manifests himself. And that's how he sees us. And so when we get this under... When the Holy Ghost gives us this revelation and we see who we are... And we identify the way he wants us to identify... Then what happens is we don't question laying hands on the sick and them being recovered. Because we understand... I am simply the conduit, and I am a part of the body of Christ, and I would not think it strange or difficult or odd that the body of the Lord Jesus would lay hands on someone that's sick and they recover. As a matter of fact, I would expect that the Lord Jesus Christ would do that. But the challenge is, with my faith, when I come and I pray for the sick, I'm praying in my identity Are you with me? I'm believing you're getting I'm 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 feeling this in the Holy Ghost registering. So. But if I lose my identity. And I just I'm in the body. Now watch. Jesus said to his disciples, I am with you. Right? But I shall be what? In you. In you. you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, watch what... I, I, I know this sort of seems scattered. I can only share it as it's coming and trust the Holy Ghost to do what he does with it. Do you see Jesus... Coming down to the Jordan, John, the Baptist, sees him. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He baptizes him there to fulfill all righteousness. He comes up out of the water. John sees the spirit like a dove descending on him. And he hears a voice from heaven. Remember that? What did that voice say? This is my what? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He did not say with whom I am well pleased. He said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What do we see and hear there? We see and hear how the father feels and thinks about dwelling in the son. You with me? He was pleased. What had Jesus done so far? What what miracles had he performed up to this point? That's exactly right. None. He hadn't even went into the wilderness and been tempted yet. That was coming next. The father said, I'm pleased in him. It wasn't based on his performance. Now, because we know God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever. And he changes not. When we are filled with his spirit as the body of Jesus Christ, the mind of the Father hasn't changed. He is still pleased to dwell in the body. We need this revelation. He's still pleased to dwell in the body. And so we need an identity shift if you will, in our spirit, in our mind, in our understanding by the word of God and by the revelation of the spirit of God of who we are. Because when this happens, it allows the manifestation of Jesus Christ to the world the way he wants to. Right. It's what we read in Romans chapter. Eight. Yeah, Romans chapter eight. Verse 16. Romans 8 and 16 says, The Spirit, capital S, itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we're heirs. Heirs what? Heirs what? Not not heirs with? Words matter. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we... Suffer with him. I want to pause right there. Christ's suffering was a loss of identity. Explain that. He made himself of no reputation. Right? We talked about this in Philippians. He took on the form of a servant, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, the suffering. All right. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also, watch, glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, he's talking about this present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed where? 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 In who? The glory is going to be revealed in us. Present time. I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Why? Verse 19. This is what we're talking about. For the earnest expectation of the creature or of creation waits. What is creation waiting for? It's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. He wants to manifest himself to the world. And he's going to manifest himself through the body of Jesus Christ. So we have to settle the identity issue. Watch verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, stand with me if you would. It is the desire of God to use every vessel that would allow him to do so. He's not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of persons. And so this is not something we can earn, okay? This isn't something we can produce. Bless you. All right. This is the desire of God. He wants to do this more than we want him to do it. Okay. He wants to do it. We read there in verse 19. The creation. That's the souls of men. They are waiting for it. They're waiting for it. They're waiting for this manifestation. I, I can't help but think about the, think, the, the message that I shared that Bishop taught in Puyallup that he spoke about five or six minutes at the end of Brother Bartel being here uh, regarding the cry of the soul and the souls of men crying out. I believe they're crying out for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're wanting to see Jesus revealed to them. The only way it happens is if I'm willing to lose my identity. No reputation. And so then he will do the work. There's no pressure to perform. There's no anything to make it happen. What I do have to do, part of losing my identity is I have to begin to identify with Him. So I begin to identify with His will rather than my will. I begin to pursue His will rather than my will. I lay down my life so that I might find it. Except a man loses his life for my sake, then he'll find it. Right? What is that? It's a change of identity. It's a change of identity. I'm giving up mine, which has eternally no value, for his. That's a pretty good trait. That feels almost blasphemous saying pretty good. That's a trait and so see but the adversary the adversary deceives us into thinking that we're really losing something by losing our identity true what will people say about me what will people think but this is who i am but this is paul said I count everything I've learned and am and was and did as dung. And I count it all at dung. This is the only thing that matters to me. I just want to know Christ. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection. Being made conformable to his image. That's what Paul said. Read it, that's in Philippians 2. What was he saying? He's saying, I had done all that stuff that was giving me a reputation, that was giving me an identity, that was making people know who I was. I sat at the feet of Gamaliel, I had that on my resume. I had these little digits and letters after my name that gave me some credibility. I count all of that as done. I'm giving up my identity. I'm writing off who I was. Why? I just want to know Christ, and I want to fellowship his suffering. Look, if I'm going to know him, truly know him, I'm going to have to identify with what he went through. I'm going to have to identify. Anybody ever been falsely accused? It was probably the gift of God. Now you know what he felt like. Now, I don't know if you and I dealt with it the way he did, so we'll probably have to deal with it again if we didn't until we learn. What are we doing? We're learning to identify with Christ. It should not shock us. We're the body of Christ. He was despised and rejected of men. But we want to be accepted by everybody. You understand I'm not trying to make enemies. He was despised and rejected of men. They esteemed him not. Is that in the book? But we want to be the body of Christ. We like all that. But then it's like, oh, hold on, hold on a minute. (laughs) I don't like that part of the identity. Guess what? People are going to despise and reject you. The question is, am I going to respond the way he did? Or am I going to respond in my flesh? See, Peter said we are made partakers of his divine nature. And in order to identify with Christ, we have to go through things he went through. And so what we as the body of Christ need to do, because I believe I'm talking to people that are saying, I want this. I want to walk the way he wants to walk. I, I, I want this. So what we have to do is, is the the Lord takes us through things, allows things to come in our lives. These things that are like, man, this is not fun. It's not pun we can't always go, oh, this is punishment. What did I do wrong? We really need to come to a place where we go, God, what's your purpose in this? What's your purpose in this? I I was talking to someone today who was dealing with some accusations. Someone in another city, far far away, felt like Star Trek. Um, so, someone, not a galaxy, just a city, far far away. Um, and and they were dealing with accusation. And I know that they're a believer. Uh, I don't know where they are in their journey of faith, but I know they're a believer. And so I didn't quote Scripture to them. Well, I did, but I didn't tell them I was quoting Scripture to them. And I was like, you know what? There's got to be a purpose in this or it couldn't happen. See, when we know who we are, when we settle the identity issue, our comments usually aren't, why is this happening to me? At least not that way. It may be, God, God why is this happening? I want to understand your purpose in this, Lord. What are you doing? What is it that I need to identify with? What are you, what are you bringing into my life that you're trying to shape? What are you trying to bring, draw out of my life through this? What is your purpose in this situation? These are necessary things for the manifestation of the sons of God. Would you pray with me? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. When he's chosen you. In this hour, the last hour, he has chosen you. He's placed you in the body. He's chosen you and he's wanting us to, to see, to understand how he views us. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Anything you've done to the saints, Saul, you're doing to me, this is my body, this is my body, this is my body. We must see who we are in Him and He in us. And then be yielded instruments for Him to flow and work through. Not operating in our own ability, but the Spirit of God working in, with, and through us to manifest Christ to the world. Jesus, we yield to You. Lead us by Your Word and by Your Spirit. Bring us revelation and understanding Show us, Lord, we yield to you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We trust in you, Father. We trust in you, Father. It's you that does the work. 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 Show us, Father. Lead us, Father. Instruct us, Father. Open our understanding, I pray. Divine revelation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here we are. We submit to you. I lay my identity upon the altar, God, by your grace. By your grace, I lay my identity upon the altar, Father. In Jesus' name. Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live... You see this change? The life which I now live in the flesh. What he means is he didn't mean that he's walking in the flesh. He means in this carnal tabernacle that goes everywhere. The life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't even live by my own faith anymore. That's what he said. I don't live. It's Christ living in me. And the life that I'm now living, I'm not even living by my own faith. I'm living by the son of God's faith. He had so identified with Christ. That he said Christ is living And it's Christ's faith that's operating. I think he's got faith for anything. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for. Walking through the word with me. Let the Holy Ghost lead us in this. All right. Would you in these days ahead be prayerful regarding his identity in us. Christ living in us. He'll manifest himself through you. Amen. God bless you. Before I forget, I have an announcement. Please mark your calendar if you are interested. This is not a required thing. I am asking you if you are a high, what we call hyphen group, uh, which is 36 or under and single. Oh yeah. 18 to 36. Sorry. (laughs) Like five-year-olds too. No, (laughs) we'll leave that to mom and dad. Um, September the 17th and 18th, that is a Friday and a Saturday, I'm asking you for your Friday night and your Saturday morning, okay? Um, That Friday night, we will talk about biblical principles regarding money, that Saturday morning, We will talk practical application of budgets and stewardship. Okay? Now, it's open to anybody that wants to, but I am asking you if you are hyphen to be here. Now, I have waited on the Lord about this for a while. This is... um, The Lord desires us to have victory in finance. Okay? There's a reason Jesus talked about money more than he talked about heaven and hell. Okay? And uh, I'll give you just this precursor it's not my money and your money, it's his. And so we will spend time together Friday night. This will be a, um, it will be a sort of a, a teaching discussion form, but it will be open for questions, okay? So it'll be that type of format. It won't be like, okay, we're going to sit there and just listen. It, we'll, we'll have questions, okay? We'll probably set up a classroom style type thing. I'm, I'm asking you if you're in that, that group to please be here, okay? And then um, we'll get you more details, but I wanted to get you the dates as quickly as I could. And then that Saturday morning, um, we'll look at coming back together, I would say, probably at um, probably 9 or 9.30. And take a couple of hours so that you're free by 11, 11.30 that Saturday morning. Um, and there we will do very practical, applicable stuff. What is a budget? How does it look? Is this really a budget just because you wrote down stuff? No. Some people think, well, I wrote it down, so I have it. that's not a budget. Somebody's deceiving you, okay? If if you made this statement, I don't know where my money went. You just told me you don't have a budget, okay? Well, I know where most of it went. You don't have a budget, okay? And so we will do it biblically, all right? So we'll have biblical principles for it. Um. Let me say this. If you will receive these biblical principles when we do this, if you'll make this a priority and be here. uh, The group that I'm talking to. And again, it's open to anybody that wants to, but I'm asking this group. um, I believe the Lord will work with you. And because you're at the age you are, you can be farther ahead Okay. By the time you're my age. Okay. Should the Lord tarry? Okay. If we can get kingdom minded and scriptural in our principles regarding finance. Okay? And so to be open, questions and all that. Yes. Uh we will probably record it, yes. We'll probably seek to record it. Yep. Good question. Okay. Any other questions about it? No? Yeah. Uh, it'll be in the evening. Yeah, it, it'll definitely be in the evening. So I'd say probably 7.30. We might even let you bring five bucks and have pizza or something afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah. If it's in your budget. So we'll see. All right. Thank you. Please make a note of that. Again, If it's open to everybody. But I'm asking you, I'm asking you, young people, please hear me. I'm asking you, if, if you say I'm your elder pastor, I'm asking you to make that a priority and be here, plan to be here that Friday night and that Saturday. Okay? It's that important to me. Thank you. God bless you.